Hey. Oh, hold on. You should know the drill by now. You might as well go ahead and wipe yours. It's looking pretty good. Yours ready? All right. Let's take a view through Ashlyn's lens. Now, if you don't know by now, this is what our third or fourth episode at this point, you know, this podcast through Ashlyn's lens is a way for me to invite you in to take a view through my lens or to see things from my perspective. You know, um, I'm inviting you in on this journey of me becoming a pastor with this specific segment that we're into now. And today's episode is actually, we're going to have a very special guest. Now, I know I say all my guests are special, but this one is special as well. He has become more like a brother to me over the years. We both have served the same ministry, um, Greater Kingdom Citadel, under the leadership of Bishop W. Channing Jackson. And so today we have Pastor Kelvin. Come on in, Pastor Kelvin. Grace and peace, Pastor Ashland. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. I count it truly an honor to be able to sit and speak with you and be able to journey um, through this time as we look through Ashland's lens. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Kelvin. It's an honor to have you here. I know um, we have, I remember being in Montgomery when I lived there and you started a series called Transitions. And even from that, uh, we're supposed to, we're working on a book together entitled Transitions, where we take that and go in a little bit more in depth. So it would be, um, it would be, I don't know what it would be, <laughs> but it's not that because uh, basically I couldn't have this episode that we're going to have today without bringing you on for it. Today we're talking about transitioning from process to purpose. Now, both of us um, have served, like I said, we both have served um at Greater Kingdom Citadel, but even in past, at you know, basically both of us have served in positions where we served our pastor very closely. And so with that, uh, our pastor has both released us within the same year to launch out, to start our own, um, well, not, well, I guess the Lord allowed him to release us both within the same year to begin ministry, our own personal ministries, where now you're the pastor of Hope Hill Cathedral. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? So, yeah, it's been a, an amazing transition so far. The process of, of moving uh, roles and changing positions um, has been one of <laughs> it's been a process, but I thank the Lord that he's always there throughout. It, it's it's something similar to uh, 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 a seed going from a dormant state to coming alive and blossoming as a flower. It's like a, a child leaving home and, and starting out on their own and the process of becoming, you know, uh, responsible for bills. It's been a intriguing uh road so far and while it's only been short i can say that god has been with me each and every day each and every step of the way opening door and extending favor and so i stand here well sit sit here excited sidely and honored to be the senior pastor of hope hill cathedral in montgomery alabama so you know it's been pretty cool watching you guys um what over the past couple months you've had both a virtual launch and an in-person launch and in 2020, that's amazing to hear and amazing to even experience, uh, you know, in the times that we're in, this pandemic is causing us to have to rethink things. So it's been pretty cool watching you launch in such a new way. Uh, you set the bar pretty high. We're going to see what the Lord does when it's my turn. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been praying for you guys even here from Louisiana. And um, it's been unfortunate that I haven't been able to be there in person. But, you know, uh, you already know I'm rooting for you guys. So, so let's talk about this then, since you're already doing what I plan to do soon. Um, how has it been coming from a place of, you know, normally when we're serving our pastor, we're in a place where we are, we have submitted our lives to the vision that the pastor has set. Um, because that's what you're supposed to do when you're a second tier um, leadership, right? And so um, how has it been transitioning from, being second tier leadership to now being the senior pastor to now having to be the person that's setting the vision and releasing it so that the others may run with it. How has that been for you? Well, you know, I think the Lord was, it has a funny sense of humor. It's, it's 
it's been for me interesting. I hate to keep using that word, but uh, what happened as I was operating as the uh, campus pastor for Greater Church of Montgomery, as I was operating as adjutancy, as, as the assistant to the um, Bishop Jackson, um, the Lord had given me a couple of series as you uh, uh, reflected on earlier. And one of them was the transition transition series. And so in that series, I, I talk about how um, Elisha had to transition from his father's house into um, the stages of his transition and, and becoming uh, the prophet, the master prophet himself. And so it's 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 been very interesting how God allowed me to teach this lesson before I knew even that it would happen so quickly. When I tell you at the beginning of 2020, I had not the plans to be in this seat at this position now, but God knew to give me the strategy necessary um, in the lessons that I was teaching, which I really wasn't sure why to be truthful, but I was teaching them. But God was using those moments coupled with the experience that I learned um, watching Bishop Jackson and and learning how watching how he operated, how he moved, how he responded to certain situations. Those things helped me to see and and, and gauge how I, I I would move. And so I find myself now. Um, reflecting over, um, and let me go back and say, I want to say this because so often as we refer to Elijah's transition, we focus solely on his transition with Elijah and that latter part of uh, Elijah's life. But I think it's very important to recognize that Elisha had a mantle or, or a purpose before he came in contact with Elijah. And that was his time with his father. Um, his father, uh, Shaphat, his father, Shaphat, 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 whatever, uh, helped to get, uh, teach him, train him. He learned that putting his hand to the plow and looking back would be disastrous because in the, then you'll end up with crooked lines and you'll, you won't have a plow that has, is going in a steady, straight direction. He learned that it was important to be humble and think of other people. So even though he was a wealthy farmer, and we know that because the Bible tells us he had 12 yoke of oxen, and you could gauge a person's wealth by their um, their herd size. So if you have 12 yoke of oxen and you're plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, you're wealthy. But we learned that he's in the midst plowing. He didn't have a servant doing it. He didn't put that task off on someone else. He was doing it. And so it was. it's in those times that he learned from his dad. And I, I believe because he served well under his father, the Lord saw that and saw him as a vessel that he could use under Elijah. He saw that he had compassion and he saw that he had care and he didn't value um, the financial or the wealth of this world so much so that he wouldn't work. And so it's tidbits like that that I think that are very necessary. Um, and I went all the way around Robin Hood Bond answering that, but that's totally okay because while you were um, talking, there were certain things that I wanted to bring out. What you basically said, um, basically, oh, <laughs> I said basically already, but you know that. So yeah, what you were saying, what I thought that you were saying while you were saying it was that submission. The Lord saw that He could submit to His Father to what His Father had in place, and so not only did He submit to His Father. But the other thing was Elisha had to know who he was before he was serving his pastor so closely or his uh, his Elijah so closely. You know, um, that's one thing that we have to always remember is that even outside of our pastor, we have to know who we are. And I think it's a great thing. Um, I remember sharing the seven things that I learned that I've learned while on this journey of becoming. One of those was know who you are, because even if you don't know who you are, guess what? You can serve God and serve the assignment that he has put you in until you learn who you are. And that's one of the things. It's better to learn who you are while serving than to um, sit down and wait and say, you know what? I can't do this until the Lord say, I need to go clean this toilet. Sometimes it's okay to submit to your pastor where they say, okay, we need someone to clean up and you go do that. Um, I think it's good to have, I think in a world where so many people are filled with ambition, it's good to um, to instead be the one to say, you know what? 
I'll do the one thing that nobody else really wants to do. I'll be the one that wakes up um, at two o'clock in the morning to pray because everybody else is fighting for that six o'clock spot. Yeah. Now, yeah. Just sidebar, you know, I'm not the one fighting for the six anyway because I have a little trouble, but I'll stay up till two. <laughs> so my reasoning is a little different, but you know what I'm saying. You know, I, I think I think that point that you helped uh, focus from my words was is, is very true. Um, if you look at if you look at Elisha, so often we talk when they talk about how um, so the Bible tells us that e Elisha is there or Elisha is there plowing in the field and Elijah walks by him and casts his mantle upon him. Um, and then he goes and he runs and tells him, let me say goodbye to my father. And then he goes back and he, he slays his oxen to prepare a meal. And we say that he does so to um, show a, a separation from his past. And I'm not going to um, come against that theology. But what I will say is we have to note the Bible tells us specifically that he had 12 yoke of oxen. But it only says that he slays one of those yoke of oxen, just one. What's important is we have to know where we come from. And while he moved forward, he didn't he didn't completely cut himself off. He didn't completely destroy his past. He held there was a portion of his past still there um, because what he left from was important in his next phase of ministry, his next his next phase that he was going to. It was important to hold on to aspects of of his past aspects of the things that he learned. Um, moving forward. And so you can't divorce yourself as you move from phase to phase, but you have to have the wisdom on knowing what is necessary in this uh, transition, in this moment in my life. Oh, absolutely. I was thinking about that as well. Um, it's first of all, when God, when you're in the process of becoming, when you're in the, when you're in tra different transitions along, um, along the journey to get to your place of purpose, I believe that it's a road. It's a road that you travel. And of course, it's not a straight road. It has many different turns, right? We know that even our Christian walk is a road. So um, while we're on that road, there are moments, there are different assignments that you have to stop and complete that are in different places, right? Sometimes you get to serve in the same church, serve the same pastor while doing that. But sometimes you have to journey through different places. I believe um, we both we know that I journey through different um, different ministries along my journey to purpose. And let me tell you, from the beginning, the one thing I have always asked the Lord to do is let me not leave the wrong way. Yes, it's something about leaving in a proper manner, just like Elisha did. He went back to tell his people, hey, look, now what he could have done is drop what he had right there and walk right on with Elijah. But he didn't do that. He knew that there was there's a blessing in leaving the correct way. I believe that it doesn't that it helps you not negate all the good that just happened where you were last serving. Um, I believe that it opens the door for you. Now, the, now we know that the door is right there. You can walk through whenever you're ready. Um, one thing I've had to remember while transitioning, even when I moved, like when I moved from Baton Rouge to um, Alabama, I had to do some things. I had to. I remember specifically for work, there was a sheet of paper with a list of signatures that I needed before I left my job at Southern University to say that I left the proper way. Um, I had to. I spent a very long day going around finding people that I had never met before, uh, departments I had never visited before, getting signatures saying, hey, she's clear to go. Um, it's nothing like being on, the air, uh, <laughs> being on an airplane, getting ready to take a trip, and you hear that it's clear to go, right? That's yes. the way with these transitions, um, transitioning out of an assignment and into another one. Okay, the Lord has allowed Elijah to place, place his mantle upon you. He has shown you who you're going to become, but that doesn't mean that you're clear to go yet. Sometimes you have to go back and say some things to some people. Sometimes you're going to have to go make some apologies that you don't think you needed to make. Sometimes you have to go clear up some stuff, clear up the freeway so you can fly. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for pointing that out. Yeah, it's, it's so I think how you how you transition is 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 almost as poor as important as how you act in that next phase because transitioning poorly can completely 
um, sour or taint the next phase that you're going you go into. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's important. It's important that you transition from one place to the next with with integrity and and with respect, um, because so there was a time when I served under um, Bishop Marion E. Shaw. That's my former pastor. And I had to transition. I, there was a transition to a transition to a transition. It was there were it, it was full with transition filled with transitions. And I had to make sure that in each of those transitions that I was guarding my integrity because where I was going without integrity, if I didn't have integrity in my um, time as the choir director at my old church, I couldn't stand here. If I, I, if I couldn't stand at the altar and, and pray with people at, at my home church, I couldn't be effective at GKC. If I couldn't be effective at GKC, I couldn't stand at HHC. Hope Hill Cathedral. I mean, it, they all are interconnected. And so what I do now even affects what I will do later. I think it's always important to understand that your, your, your transitioning is not just about, yay, I'm moving up or yay, I'm moving to a new place. But it's always the fact that you're always moving into a place of service and you're always, um, always have to be cognizant of the fact that a servant's uh, humility is important, but their their integrity is is very key. Can you be trusted? Can you be trusted? Absolutely. And while you were saying it, I was thinking about how um, transition does not only affect you, even though the the focus is on you because you're transitioning out of process and into the purpose um, that God has for you. Um, it's not just about you, though. Your leader, there's a level of grace that we have to even give to our leader while on the process of becoming because um, they have to deal with a form of, uh, I want to call it abandonment, but it can be abandonment if done incorrectly, but they have to deal with loss. It's almost like a grieving, a grieving stage as well because they have to deal with the fact that you're not in that position that you were feeling, and then we have to uh, deal with the fact that, oh man, I'm being pulled apart. I'm being separated a bit, you know? So we have to also remember that there is grace that we have to give to our leaders as well, whether they're still remaining our leaders, just changing um, the, the, the dynamic of the relationship is shifting, or whether they are former leaders that we have to had to move away from while on the process. Um, yeah, so just wanted to bring that point out. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, so I think w one thing I love is the fact that you give me the liberty to to speak as I, I as as I want. You know, you don't you don't hold me to a a, a narrative or a manuscript. And so, um, looking at that same transitionary moment, I think that is very key to. I like I like breaking up uh, um, the 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 story as as it would call would be called and looking at it each understanding that each purpose each each moment has a purpose and so the lord tells us in 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 um elisha's or elisha's transition that he kills one of the yoke of oxen right and he he um cooks it boils it and he feeds the people so there was a sacrifice made that caused nourishment to be had for the people. The, for the people were the people were blessed by his transition. It's important to to know that your transition is not just for you, but it should bless those around you, connected to you. I see in that moment that the people are blessed because Elisha Elisha is transitioning in this moment, and so it would be it's, it is a loss for. Uh, Shaphat's house. It's a loss because his son is no longer there. He's losing some of his oxen, so some of his wealth and his and his heir, his his legacy, that which should carry on his name is all leaving. All of that is leaving. But even in this uh, release that he is he's allowing, even in this apparent loss, there is still a blessing that comes out of it. Uh, there's a there's a blessing that comes in this transitionary moment. And so I would say when you transition well, 
you're not just blessed, but those that are connected to you are blessed. Absolutely. Um, because even in this case, um, with us transitioning from serving um, the vision of the house for our pastor and now becoming the visionary for the house as the pastor, um, who are we pastoring? But people, there are people that are waiting to hear your voice that um, wouldn't, that their ears hadn't been opened until the moment that your voice was launched. So of course, um, there is a blessing. And one thing we do always have to fight is wondering, is it time yet? Are we ready? Um, and hold just a moment. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, yeah, it, are, we, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for this transition? Are you ready for this moment? And I promise you, the answer is always going to be no, I'm not ready because you'll have a million reasons why you need more time for preparation and you need more time to get things together. I'm telling you now, if if I had my way exactly, I would not be Pastor Kelvin of Hope Hill Cathedral yet. We'd still be preparing. I would still be logistically working things out because I like to have a clear, clean, uh, I like to check, 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 and check again to make sure that things are in alignment. And, and I always like to plan three and four months in, a, in advance and maybe five and six months in advance. And, and when you try to do things like that, sometimes it causes you to be out of God's plan when you try to get things together for yourself. But you have to trust. You have to trust that when that. Can we go back for a second? Sure. Um, Elijah walks up to Elisha. And I say it like that to bring clarity, um, differentiation, because you call him Elisha or Elisha. Um, but when Elijah walks up to Elisha and he casts his mantle on him, he didn't say, hey, I'm calling you to be my uh, to, to um, take up and be my mentee. Hey, I'm calling you out of your field into something else. But you have to be able to recognize for yourself what is transpiring. You have to be able to recognize your call, not someone else, not not another individual. But you have to recognize within yourself, because if you wait on someone else to tell you it's time, you'll find yourself missing the mark. You'll find yourself falling short and off time. It's important to be on time. So you have to be sensitive to what's going on. Elijah says to um, um, to Elisha, I didn't have my, it's in in what? Uh, first Kings, first Kings 16 and, and the midpoint there, somewhere around the 18th, 19th verse. Let me look. First Kings. 19 and, no, is it? Let me see. Um, well, I have it, I believe. You, you said at the point where he threw his mantle on him and then what he says? Yes. Okay, I can read it. I'm in uh, the 20. Okay. Verse 20. Yes. You know, read. I'll read. <laughs> so <laughs> he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. Then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go on back. For what I have done, for what have I done to stop you? Now, right. I don't know if that's the version you look for. Yes. Or in the King James Version, it says, For what have I done to thee? Mm -hmm. What have I done to thee? I haven't, he didn't say, Well, um, I called you uh, for this, this, this great calling. I need you to, to come with me now. He didn't say stop what you're doing and follow me. He cast his mantle, and it was it was for Elisha to respond. That's what the what the onus is upon. And so, as as you prepare to transition, watcher or Pastor Ashland, uh, it took you recognizing this is my time, this is my moment, this it's for me to prepare and to move. And he didn't say, I am a farmer now. And now I'm a the mentee of a prophet. It was a transition. There was a, a transition moment in that space there. There was a transition between being uh, in plowing in the field and learning from the prophet. There was a transition moment there. So it's not right away. You have to recognize when this time to start transitioning. 
Yeah, that was good. I'm glad you brought that up because it reminded me of a point that I needed to share. Um, so, and it, it escapes me in this moment. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was amazing because not only did, did Elisha immediately know what was happening, but I believe that I believe that what could have happened, you know, this is me inserting my own thoughts here. I believe that Elisha had to have his own um, relationship with God at that point. He had to, at that point, have fine-tuned his ear to hear God's voice. And that's another thing. While, while transitioning, while becoming whoever you're becoming, you have to know God's voice for yourself. Uh, you can't run to all the church services that you can get to where a prophet is speaking. Sometimes you have to spend time in your quiet time in your corner or in your music worshiping um, God and where you hear his voice and he tells you himself. I know I can remember and I'll share this with you now. Um, when I was when I was living in Montgomery, uh, I remember Bishop Jackson and I, we were talking and I told him, I said, well, Bishop, I was waiting on God to tell you when it was time for me to leave to go back to Louisiana. And Bishop said, because I was asking him, okay, how does this go? Because I've never experienced being in a place waiting to um, waiting to know when it's time to move to a whole another place um, and then prepare to launch a whole church. <laughs> you know, this is my first time here. That's what I was saying to him. And, you know, Bishop lets me uh, be myself with him. And so we were talking and uh, I said, yeah, Bishop. So how does this go? I was I thought, is the Lord going to tell you? When to tell me when to release me, or um, how does that work? And he says, "Well, Ashlyn, I was waiting on you and the Lord to come tell me. You know, I expected the Lord to tell you, and then you come tell me that it's time." And I said, "Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it to happen that way." And so, Bishop, what Bishop did, he said, "Okay, Ashlyn, this is what we're going to do from here. Both of us are going to pray that the Lord blesses you with a sustainable job in Louisiana." That's how we'll know it'll be time. And when I tell you within a week or two, it may have been two weeks time, I had interviewed and had a whole job offer for Louisiana. Wow. Now, of course, this was back in, this was back in March. So right around the time that Corona began to ravage the earth is when um, I had gotten my job offer to move to Louisiana. So what was, what I found to be quite interesting is that my transitional phase, now we already knew that I was moving. We knew that it was coming at some point. We didn't know when. Well, the Lord blessed me with the job. And so that's how we knew it would be time to go, right? Well, I still didn't move here until May because Corona came. And so it was just a couple months of, um, I think literally, uh, April 30th or the last day in April is when I actually picked up and moved the rest of my items here because I just said, you know what, Lord, at this point, I'm just going to go ahead and go because I know the job is coming. We don't know. Um, they have finally told me, okay, we're preparing for your first day of work, you know? And so I wanted to have a couple weeks off before I started work since I knew this was going to be it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, even in transition, there is a moment where you have to pick up and say, all right, Lord, I'm ready. And it was in that moment where Bishop told me, okay, this is the process that we're going to do this. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm ready. So within two weeks time, I was a Louisianian again. <laughs> yeah. And, and so and bridging that to what your statement made you made earlier, because it just came back to me what I wanted to say. And that you have to know yourself. We had to understand Elisha's transitioning. You have to understand Elijah, who Elijah was. Uh, Elijah was sent to, to Israel in a time when there was uh, spiritual corruption rampant throughout the, throughout the country, throughout the, the land, uh, where they had a, a, a horrible king and his bride, the queen, were usurping God's authority and his, his, his people were being focused towards a new God that shouldn't be, and there was these new prophets in the land. So this is the environment where Elijah comes up. His, his purpose is to rid the, the uh, to clean up the environment. So he has to rid the, the worship of Baal in the country. That's his assignment. 
knowing his assignment was key. But uh, Elisha comes in in the midst of while Elijah's walking out his assignment. What's very important is that you have to be able to distinguish your assignment from your mentor's assignment. You know, I couldn't be walking in trying to be Bishop Shaw or Bishop Jackson. Walking in their assignment, well, although I'm walking, it sounds good that I'm doing these great things. If I am trying to be like them, I'm missing my calling. Yes, I I, ha I hold the, the mantle of those who came before me. You know, my, my pastor, I, I, I take a part of his mantle. But in order for me to walk out mine, I have to understand that I can't be trying to go around being fight Elijah's demons. We don't see anywhere where Elisha starts looking for his Jezebel or his Ahab because he had to recognize who he was and what his purpose is. I just transitioned from him transitioning from his father uh, to Elisha to now he's got to get ready to transition from Elijah under Elijah to becoming himself the master prophet. Right. So he had to understand what his purpose is. He wasn't sent to to be uh, the same, the one who was driving out the 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 worship of Baal. He became the one who was necessary to show the compassion of God. And so we look throughout the ministry of Elisha. He's always doing things to help out individuals, bring help to those uh, that are are uh, without showing that God is able to heal and God is able to give and, and wake, awaken wounds and, and provide. He, he reintroduced the compassion of God to a, 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 a country that had forgotten who their God was because they had focused on Baal too much. And if he had tried running around looking for a Jezebel to fight, or if he had tried to look for false prophets to tear down, he, although he would have been walking, although he would have had the mantle, he wouldn't have been walking in his purpose. It's key to recognize who you are and what your purpose is, who are you called to. That's very true, um, because another thing to think about is, well, oftentimes while people are are being processed, they will lose their identity into the identity of those who they are serving. Now, of course, we know um, from the process of an administrator, an adjutant or um, an assistant, whatever title you give that person that is serving their leader very closely, it's very easy because you're submitted, you have submitted your complete selves to serving the Lord through that person, right? Um, so while you're doing that, sometimes it's very easy for people to forget who they are or those who don't know to find their identity in the person that they're serving. Now, there's a very fine line that's straddled there because you are finding characteristics in that person that will soon, um, you will carry. Um, so while you're finding those characteristics, you can't find your complete self in them. Because the truth is, you see them, but you're really seeing God in them. Um, that's the person that you're becoming more like. Um, I believe that, and I, I've used this reference, um, and I'll use it again on this episode, that I believe Joseph's coat of many colors has pieces of different um, mantles that we are sewn together that we shall wear, right? Uh, at that point, we were talking about mentorship. So I talked about um, the different mentors that you have along with the mantle of your pastor or you know those the mantle that you carry it's it's all different pieces that's put together for you um you're not going to look like one exact person but if you serve your leader correctly um you will remind some people of them you know um because that's the whole that's the whole part of wearing their mantle or receiving from their mantle uh, receiving and truth is, in the end, you must look like God because he is the source of every mantle. Um, a mantle is literally Holy Spirit, <laughs> Holy Spirit resting on you. Um, it's literally the authority of God that you carry. Everybody doesn't carry the same type of authority. Everybody doesn't. Everybody can attack the same principalities. However, the ones that you're graced for, you received it because you served earnestly and you received the mantle in which you served. I remember a quote that I'll probably never forget. Uh, I don't know who said it though, but someone said, you can't wear a crown that you've never polished. And I believe that. I believe that um, before we can get to what our purpose is, or, you know, I believe there is overall arching purpose, 
but then there are little things that we have to complete along the way before we can even get to what that purpose is like pastoring. Before we can get there, there's some, some, some shining to this crown that we must do, different jewels that we gain as we serve each placement. Yeah. Uh, the old folks used to, they used to talk about the fact uh, that you're sending up your timber. You yeah. can't expect to get to your mansion without sending up some timber. You can't expect to get to your purpose without putting some work in. And so in those times when we were sitting under and, you know, I used to help out on the Sunday school bus on Sunday mornings that I'd be the uh, uh, one of my mentors is um, Brother Roseman, one of the greatest teachers I know. Uh, but I sat and listened to him in class and on the van uh, on Sunday mornings. But in those moments, I was sending up timber. Or I was positioning myself for this moment now, going to uh, Sunday school every Sunday. I was setting up then being the youth president. You know, each of those aspects of, of my past are relevant to my today. And so each of those moments helped put a little polish on my crown. Each of those moments put a little jewel in there. And so you see it shining now, but you have to understand that polish, that shine, those that, those pretty things, those little uh, trinkets in there, those 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 were processing moments. They weren't just they weren't just something I decided to pick up today. And so it's it's been a difficult road, but yeah. Oh man, you know I know all about that. I um Oh, <laughs> there have been so many things. And this is not a plug at all, but I'm going to mention it because we're here. I've had to press through so many moments. That's where my book, Praying Through the Press, came from. There have been so many moments where I was like, Lord, okay, this is it. I'm not, I'm not even trying to go forward. If continuing means I have to experience something that's harder than what I'm experiencing right now, we can stop right here because this one is about to take you out. And you always think it's going to take you out every time you get into a new one. Because it does make you stronger. It strengthens you. Just like with muscle. The muscle has to tear in order to build back stronger. Lord, he has tear, <laughs> teared. He has torn me down so many times to build me back up. Where, um, or, I mean, I don't even know how else to say it. But it's just, it reminds me of the Garden of Gethsemane moment. You know, outside of the garden where um, Jesus was literally walking with sweating blood by that point. Barely to make it, having to be healed up. Yet he still needs to go into captivity. He, the prisoners still have to come. He has to. He even has to perform a um, miracle, even that moment of putting the ear back on, that taking energy that he didn't even need to use because of Peter's mistake. But um, it's interesting, though. We can both say that even through all of that pressing, even all through all of that praying, through those pressing moments, um, even through all of that processing, that. Hey, we're both still here. And the truth is, there are a lot of people who've gone through those moments and have given up. And so just thank the Lord for keeping us and allowing us to um, find the strength within ourselves or really his strength within us um, that has helped us even get to this point. Yeah. You know, one thing I really looked at trying to bridge those two, I'm glad you brought up our Lord and Savior. <laughs> but um, one thing I looked at when I was looking at um, something, it just, it blessed me. I was looking at um, Elisha's transition from being the, the farmer to being the, the uh, son of the prophet. We see a, a type of Christ in that there was a out of the tribe because there was 12 yoke of oxen, right? Those yoke of oxen could represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And out of one of those tribes, there will be a sacrifice that would be made that would be a blessing to the people. Even in his transition, he reflected Christ. Even in his in his transition, he represented hope for the future of mankind, a, a blessing that would nourish the, the bodies and the lives of individuals uh, that were connected to him, connected to him. So we can see Christ even in, in this transition. You should be able to see when you're transitioning. I know it's difficult and sometimes it's hard, but you gotta be able to see Christ in your tr transition, not don't focus on just seeing uh, the individual and or or things working out right because everything that glitters isn't gold. But if you can see Christ, you got to know it's all right. If your your transition is lining up with His Word and what He's declared over you, you've got to know what's right. You should have it should bring peace to your soul. 
um, to your your innermost being. Oh, absolutely. I, um, and even with that, I was thinking about Elijah was in the midst of transition himself. Even while Elisha was transitioning, you know, we have to remember, and I think I said this earlier, but we have to remember that it's not just about us while we're doing things. Um, that the Lord has strategically placed the earth in those of us that inhabit it on such a path that things intertwine, things interject. The moment that I walk away, it I walk, I mean, I'm released from an assignment opens up the door for someone else to walk through into their next assignment. Um, the moment where Elijah, at this point, Elijah has Elijah has to know that he's on his way out of there. Um, I believe that he had performed, he had basically performed his task that he was here on earth to do, but he could not leave until he had um, duplicated himself in the earth or passed on the characteristics of himself that needed to remain in the earth while the rest of him left. Um, I believe that that was another thing we have to remember is that even if our answer, even if the answer to the question that we're asking God is prepare for the next person, then we have to remain joyful with the fact that God chose me to share what he gave me with someone else. I believe at this point, Elijah seemed quite, um, you know how you have those old people who are just old and mean? That's how he seemed to me. At that point, after the cave experience, well, after the juniper, juniper tree experience, it's like he had given up. Elijah was done. Um, and I believe that the Lord decided, okay, you know what, Elijah, since you're so done, let me get you on up out of here. Let me strengthen you up for the next fight, um, for the next task, which the next task is you need to repair your, prepare your replacement because your time is gone. Um, we have to remember that while we're here, Whatever place, whatever assignment we're serving, we should also be sharing what we're learning with someone else because someone is going to move into that placement. Um, there is no way that the Lord is going to allow us to remain here in our positions eternally. Our our goal is supposed to get to heaven at some point, right? And so right. be okay with the fact that we also are being moved out of a position. That's really good. That's really good. I want to just check before I make this statement, this declaration. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and so well, we I think part of that bitterness is when we find about find find out about Elijah and, and the theologians can feel free to send an inbox or or make a comment and we'll address it accordingly. I don't mind correction, but part of the bitterness becomes not knowing what's coming next, knowing but not knowing. I know that I'm getting ready to be out of here, but I don't know how you're going to allow it to happen. I know that you told me to raise up my 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 replacement. And I can see, I can see he's ready, which means it's time for me to transition. But how am I going to transition? What are you going to do? Are you going to cause me to be uh, eaten like by dogs? Are you going to cause me to be taken up in a whirlwind? Am I going to die? What's going to happen? And not knowing can sometimes really negatively affect you. But if you trust him, if you trust him, you'll know that he'll not have he'll uh, his plan for you is to give you hope in the future, not to give you uh, destruction in the end. And so I think it's important to 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 always hold hold in your mind, not that you're just not just that you're serving God, but you're serving your father who has a plan and a purpose for you not to do you harm and not to do ill of you. If you've served him well, he will um, tend to you in a, a appropriate manner for lack of better words. I think that was a that was a good way to say it. I um I have I can personally say I remember some transitional moments and lessons I had to learn in them. I remember being in a transitional moment and staying somewhere too long. And I remember um you know staying somewhere too long where you aren't supposed to be opens you up to warfare that you shouldn't have even experienced. Warfare that can take you out. I remember having to fight that. I've also remember being in the place where I know next is coming and I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. Lord, all right, I'm tired of waiting. When is next coming? And then I can also say that I've been in a place where the Lord allowed me to pick when it was time to go. And it still ended up lining up. It was like, okay, you know what? This is what's next. This is what's to come. Um, and when you're ready, I'm ready. 
So I can say um, being happy where you are, being uh, being excited about the moment, being honored to serve is definitely where you want to find yourself when the Lord says, okay, it's ready to move to the next. That helps you get there a little bit faster, your attitude in the process, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah, but it's good to stay positive. But again, reflecting on Eli, Elisha, there's going to be that um, separation anxiety. I don't care how much you love the Lord and how spiritual you are. Change is difficult when you're shifting from your comfort and your norm to a new norm and a new place. Uh, it, 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 it affects you emotionally. The thing is, you have to be cognizant of your emotions and not let them overtake you. And then you begin to operate and move by emotion instead of by the spirit and that which you've been trained. Because, you know, we, especially in Pentecost, love, we become, we are an emotional people and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a problem when you will let your emotions override that which you know. We need to, you have to couple your, your knowledge of God with your emotions and allow the two of them to operate um, in, a, in a, a proper manner that you're not overcome. We see Elisha is so overcome when he sees you know we think that he sees sees this great event and he breaks out into a praise because it was a miracle happening his 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 mentor his father is getting taken up into heaven and a marvelous uh, uh turn of events but he doesn't break out into a praise at the end of the day he's a man that is caused uh, being forced into a a moment that he knew was coming he knew it was coming but at the end of the day, it still was difficult for him. And the Bible tells us he's so bothered that he rents his clothes and he falls to the floor. We want to think that he looks in, looking up to heaven with a praise and he sees the mantle coming down. He grabs it from the sky and he gives God praise. But in actuality, he was a man. And when his master left him, he didn't see the mantle falling. He rents his clothes and he's on the ground. And, then, and the mantle hits the ground. The mantle falls. I know that because the Bible tells us that he has to take up the mantle. You don't have to take it up if it's already in your hands. You don't have to take it up if it's already on you. But he was so overcome that he fell to his knees and rent his clothes. He tore his mantle. He tore his clothes in grief. And that's OK. Just don't stay there. Right. Don't stay in your emotions. Gather yourself together and operate in what you know to do. And so he shift from emotions to, all right, if you're with me, you got to part this river. If you're with me, I need to see, I need to see you move for me if you're with me. Right. So make these, make this river move, make this water, uh, uh, do it, do what it does, do what it did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is what's necessary. Um, you need to fall back on what you know to give yourself some reassurance and then move forward in your own style and in your own pace. Oh, yeah. I think that's a very good um, place for us to even uh, stop there. The fact that you have to know that you're not just spirit. We're not just spirit here on earth. We're also human. And there is a human side. I can tell you every time I've had to transition out of a place, I know I've cried. <laughs> I've cried so many tears. Um, and then I would always just like I said before, is Lord, let me leave the right way. Let me make sure um, that I'm not doing any harm, causing any harm in any way. And so the Lord has allowed me to know that in, in places where I did mess up, he allowed me to go back. He reminded me to go back and apologize. And so, um, and another thing he has given me confidence, and I know he has done the same for you, confidence to move forward, even as we go out into the ministry that he's called us to. And so, like I said, I have enjoyed seeing that which you're doing with Hope Hill Cathedral there in Montgomery. Um, it's been amazing to watch. And so, yeah, man, transitioning from process to purpose can be a little bit scary. But as long as we put our trust in the Lord and lean on him, um, he's been doing some amazing things even here. Now, mine's a little different. The <laughs> Mine's. <laughs> Mine is a little bit different. The Lord um, pushed you real fast. I, on the other hand, was able to move here and settle and fill out the land and um, take my my time really doing things, um, which I'm grateful for. So, yeah, it's been interesting to watch. And I am praying for you again from here. Do you have any final words for the viewers? 
Well, this is my my prayer for you. I pray that that you would be able to, as you prepare to transition into whatever you're doing, whatever the Lord is calling you, I pray that even as Elisha, um, the, the Elisha it was, I pray that you have the spirit of the sons of Issachar, recognizing the, the, the signs of the time and being able to move in, in the syncopation of the heart, the beat of the Lord, that you wouldn't be overcome with the process of transition, but the process of transition would help to guide you and be all that God would have you to be, that you wouldn't be overcome with your emotions and the, the pains that come with transitioning, but those emotions and those, those issues would help build you up into, and, and place those um, jewels and polish upon the crown that God has designed just for you. It's no need for you to, to covet someone else's gift or try to emulate someone else. You are the perfect you that God has called. And so if you put your trust in him and if you believe in him, you will succeed. And this transition won't take you out. You will become who he's called you to be. I pray God bless you and give you strength. I'm so happy to have been, have been here, Pastor Ashlyn. I appreciate you inviting me. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you. You know, we have our talks all the time. So it's been a pleasure to do this in such a public format. Uh, and I'll be back with you in just a moment. All right. Now, thank you all for joining us for Ashley's Lens. It's been a pleasure to share uh, this conversation. You know, here we share real conversations that I've had to have while preparing to become a pastor. And so I just wanted to invite you in to see how things go. You know, transitioning from process to purpose is real serious. It's a transition that uh, literally shifts the paradigm of your life. Um, you go from serving a ministry, serving a vision that was you know, that is set out before you that um, belongs to your leader against being the one who has to cast the vision. It's very important to know that processing is important, that you must submit to the process before you get anywhere else. Uh, ambition is very interesting. It can be a pusher, but it, not, it can also be a hindrance. Um, you have to submit to where you're supposed to submit. Uh, complete the assignments that the Lord has before you so that you can actually be prepared to uh, fulfill the purpose that the Lord has blessed you with. So thank you again for tuning in and thank you again for taking a view through Ashland's lens. I guess we can take the lens off now. See you next week. Bye-bye. Well, I need mine to see though. You can take yours off. <laughs>